Welcome back, everybody, and thank you again for tuning in. We have some new things coming your way, but for now, be sure to find us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter during matches and send Premier League updates, too, but we're always down to have a chat with fans all over the globe. We're also on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and run our live shows on Twitch. Click subscribe and join the conversation when we record. And as always, let us know what you think. The beautiful game is for everyone to enjoy, so keep us posted on what you want to hear more of. Now, let's have a beer. Colors Podcast Match Week nineteen. I, 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 can't crack. Uh, I can't crack. I was doing the audio. Uh, no. oh, we're audio yeah. guy. We asked kind of a lot of you there. <laughs> Jalen, since you're the only one drinking this week, <laughs> New Year's was a bit rough to all of us. But drinking a White Claw. Yeah, it's that's from, right. It's from New Year's. You're ringing in 2023 with what flavor? Mango. Shout out! Shout out! Oh, shout out! Chris Tran. We appreciate the crack. <laughs> yeah, you were the single. Uh, the sole Shout out cracker of the beer, uh, this pod. But that's all right. Next week, we're going to each have a really tasty, unique beer, and we'll all be back into it. And I hope so. Be cheerful. Uh, well, you know, I never like to talk about Arsenal in general, but I got to say they just are in the most blistering form of, I think, any any team in Europe, I would say, right now. I think they're the most difficult to play against team maybe in all of Europe. And that's based solely on the fact that they just... I, I don't know a team that loves having the ball more. I was watching them play today, and I'm like... I'm a big ping pong guy. Me and my brother love to play ping pong when I'm home. And when I was younger and we'd play against each other, if he'd get a point, he'd serve really quick after to like get you when you aren't ready. Mm-hmm. And when I watch Arsenal play, that's like exactly how I feel like it is. A ball goes out and they earn a throw in, and that ball gets thrown in right away, and they're right back to pressing. That's the awful. goal kicks they even take quickly, but I don't know. I, watching them today, I know they didn't get all three points. Still a really good point, but I don't know. My fear of them jumped up a significant level today. I don't know if it had a similar effect on you guys. Ended a draw, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I think, I think I'm more scared of them than I was because they don't have Jesus. They're still performing at a high level, and it's now after the World Cup break. Um Arteta seems to have him really well drilled. He's more energetic than ever. I do think Newcastle did a good job playing physical against them. Um, and I think that might be something that teams might look to to rattle a little bit because they did get a little chippy and feisty um, today. And in other matches, maybe one of them loses it. But they're very frightening. They still press Newcastle all match long and this is a Newcastle form a team that's also in just as good a form um so I don't know they're an interesting side I still am not convinced they have enough to edge out City but they have a pretty big gap out front now so see. I mean technically I think they should have won uh, obviously you sent that video of Arteta upset about the penalties oh, yeah. I mean one wasn't obvious we'll penalty, get into that but we close with that he, just, <laughs> he was so close to getting him out of the day without bitching about something and he yeah. just couldn't, he couldn't quite do it is he the but, new Klopp I don't know you tell us you're the one that used to rank on Klopp dude, I haven't heard in, any, in all uh, seriousness he's like five times worse than Klopp is like he because he, he hasn't won anything really yet bro, besides he's never <laughs> dropped points and not said some shit it's ne- it's never it's so snarky too. it really is he was screaming at Eddie Howe today and Eddie Howe was like being his usual cool he self, was like instigating and Eddie Howe Eddie Howe had to 
go say like, dude, shut like go shut up. And he started talking shit back to him because Arteta was being such a whiny bitch. Yeah, I, it, well, and of course the camera kept panning to the end of the game and Arteta's like yelling on the field and then looking back at Eddie and doing like this or like yelling things at him and both of them had to be separated. But um, yeah, I mean, looking at the game overall, first of all, about as pleasurable as a nil-nil result can be. Super, super, super intense from minute one to 90. And again, you credit Arsenal because last week against Brighton, I think they scored in the second minute. Uh, a couple weeks before that, they had st- they're good at getting a goal in early on and kind of establishing their dominance in the game. So credit to Newcastle for not yeah. allowing an early goal. But, I mean, when you are getting pressed by a team that's that physical and fast and loves having the ball, walking away, I feel like Arsenal deserved all three points. Newcastle defended really well and kept it tight. But based on the work and the 90 minutes of what I saw, I mean, they're just, they're, they are relentless in a way I have never, ever seen any side be. I mean, even that's including city city sort of dominated in a bit of a, a classier way. And not that makes a negative connotation to Arsenal, but Arsenal are just like balls to the walls. We're going to, we're going to have the ball the whole time. We're going to take quick throw ins. We're going to be kind of nasty. Our coach is going to get under your skin and it's a massive recipe for success. But Again, I don't, my my fear of them jumped kind of exponentially yeah. today. Jay, you think those were pens? What were the two pen- I, penalty I, shots? Supposedly, I don't. I didn't <clears throat> see the second one, but I saw the Dan Byrne one. one. Like yeah. he just like pulled Gabrielle, which in my opinion is a penalty if you're right. if he's going for the ball or if he's going and playing. You're just grabbing him, like horse collaring him back. Like yeah, I would assume that's a penalty. But the referee got a lot of shtick today for being pretty much awful. Tristan, he was bad. Be, yeah, he, just, he was calling like everything, I, and then you, something <laughs> like that happens, right. and he doesn't call it. So then it's like he's like whipping out cards left and right. So, call okay. call a lot of fouls or don't, but the game was sort of out of hand at times. And look, I, it's not an easy job because Newcastle and Arsenal, I think are especially two clubs who will surround the ref after a bit of a questionable call Arsenal, especially, but yeah. all hungry clubs will, especially right. knowing how important this game is. Mind you, both of these clubs had only lost one game going into this match. And that's still the case. So mm-hmm. they're both extremely difficult to beat to get all three from, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think everybody's, questions on Arsenal are still just. You could still say there's still a sizable amount of season left. Uh, but but looking at their gameplay so far, every hurdle that they've that's been in front of them, they've gotten over it. So uh, was this a must win game though for right. them? Yeah, like do you think no. maybe not no. must win, but a like, don't lose. Yeah, well just cuz would have been a statement. It would yeah, have been, a statement. It would have been more it's, of a statement. Statement win, yeah. I don't I'm, think it was a must win. Yeah. Yes. Well cuz like I'm just curious cuz Newcastle are up there and I guess when we look at, like, if it was, like, City, if it was even Liverpool, United, Chelsea, if, like, if they were, if it was that type of club in the third position, I think they would be called a must-win from the perspective of Arsenal looking at Arsenal. I don't know. I, right, not, no, I get, I get what you're you saying. What I mean? But, like, yeah, like, switch it with, like, quote-unquote bigger name. Like, it would have been, like, Arsenal has to win this game. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at it like that. Just because, like, I guess... We're talking about can will it last? Like can it last? Mm-hmm. If Newcastle had won, that would have been that would be a bigger statement than yeah. the Arsenal winning for sure. Right. Um, I don't I don't predict them really having a problem making this last. To be quite honest with you, they're the only thing that I feel like could get in Arsenal's way right now is injuries uh, slash themselves. Like, as long yeah. as this team stays even relatively fit, and it seems like they're going to try to get some business done in January, it'll be. Hard to come by for a lot of clubs. I think I think most will have quiet Januarys, but you got got a, a little bit of backup if they brought in another winger, another striker, maybe another central defender. 
you know, I think that's just going to bolster the back lines for them. But I, I've kind of given up on uh, hoping for an Arsenal drop of form because, again, I think they're flying sky high right now. Still got to give massive credit to Arteta as much of an instigator as he is, much as it is to is fun to hate him. I mean, he really has his club moving incredibly differently right now. So it was a joy to watch in a way. It was sad to watch, but it was it was a joy to watch because this is a team that I think is pretty unique too. I mean, like, like I said, I brought up City earlier, which anyone getting compared to that City years is a massive compliment. But yeah. say Arsenal do go on to win, just hypothetically in the form that they're in, I think we'll look back and think that they were an even more intense offensive attacking force than that City side was. So that's a, that's a it's saying a lot, know. but dude, they score a lot of goals, man. And I just even when even when the goal totals aren't necessarily there, it's still I mean, the, the performance today, henceforth, why I said earlier, I think that they kind of did deserve all three points in a way. I was shocked they didn't squeak one in on that penalty late in the yeah. 90th. I thought that was going to go through and mm-hmm. it would have been Arsenal stealing a win. But at the same time, they do so <laughs> much good work. Yeah, I agree. But team is good, though. We'll see. I mean, they have a tough January. If Spurs They're going to well. eventually have some tough fixtures popping yeah. up. Like yeah, Newcastle is obviously one of them. They deal with that. And it's like, would they rather play the other top, the other big six now? Because all the rest of the big six yeah. is in shambles, aside from maybe United, even City is dropping points. So it's like, or do you wait until those teams are desperate for top four? And it's like that's when the real clutch James hopefully comes through for the rest of those big six sides. And I don't know. Or like a, a side that's bolstered their squad. Yeah, true. Like after January. We're looking at teams right now in the league that are the top four, especially like the classic top four, top six that are investing. So No, one team's investing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's oh just, gosh. there is no more top four. I know yeah, that that's the yeah. I know that's the champ like those are when we say top four often it's in the Champions League conversation, yeah. the European conversation, but I think anybody who's watched the league the last two or three seasons, even even this season now with the emergence of Newcastle, fucking Brighton is putting together points, you know. They could jump a few people before they go back down to probably where they'll finish, but either way, I just think it's a, it's too crowded a Premier League. It's made it a lot more of a fun watch. Uh we see a lot more teams in the conversation now, but yeah, yeah, I mean, overall, it was, uh, e- even the performances, they don't get all three points, they look really, really good. And and one of the pundits, don't remember who, said this is a game that decides titles because if Arsenal are really contenders, they'll find a way to steal this. And I think that's really harsh. I think that's really fucking harsh. Let me again bring up, Newcastle have only lost one game, so other than Arsenal, you can't play yourself. They're playing the hardest team to beat statistically in the Premier League mm-hmm. right now, so to say that this is a game they have to squeak out, no, Brighton is a game they have to squeak out. Brentford's a game they have to squeak out. Fucking Crystal Palace is a game you have to squeak Those are the squeak out games. Newcastle's now a, t- a tender for Champions League, so drawing with them is not the worst thing in the world, especially no. without your first-string striker. But it will be interesting to see. They're going to have a lot more tests coming up. I'd like to see them line up against another team that's possession-heavy, too. It would be fun to see them play City, man. That's going to be a fun, uh, a fun yeah. matchup now. Yeah, I think it will be. Definitely, 100%. But an immensely less fun conversation for me specifically is the Tottenham conversation. Arsenal's not so noisy city neighbors. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, when you're talking about something this this grand and this wide, it's hard to pinpoint the exact problem. And I feel like a thing that gets said to me, who is someone who typically criticizes the coach, is this is all a management thing. This is all an ownership thing. And I think 
none of you know what it's like to support Tottenham, but all of you have owners you felt one way or another against Andrew, especially with the Glazers. So mm-hmm. yep. here's so just to, to to focus on Levy and Enoch, right? I mean, it feels like when you complain about club ownership, you're a lunatic screaming at a wall. But when you criticize your manager, when you criticize the gameplay, it's something that as fans, I think we feel like we maybe have a bit more control over earlier mm-hmm. in the season when Conte was driving me insane. And I'm begging him to make some type of change. I'm begging him to add an extra midfielder, do something to show that he's willing to change based on the skills we have. And he does it. You know, he does. He Eventually, Conte does a thing that I never thought he would do. I'm thinking, well, finally, yeah, but now if we do this and this and the other. But it's just when it comes to owners, it just feels so helpless, which is why I think I avoid a lot of the time pinning the blame on the owners, which is where it actually comes from. It's the root of everything. But I don't know. When, when shit has been going south at your club, are you... Do you guys feel like it's more ownership? Do you guys feel like it's more coach? Do you try to evenly distribute that? Depends on like the type of problem. If it's like like we've gotten on Connor for his ownership for never buying players, like that could be an ownership problem. But when it comes to like gameplay issues where I think more of your like issues lie, like with what, how the team is playing, I don't know if the owner can directly yeah, sure, the owner picks the manager. But other than that, they don't really have a control over what happens on the field. So, like, I don't really think I don't really think like screaming at the owner is like like sure you can do that. Like the Glazers and that like that makes sense because they're kind of just like assholes. But Unless like, you show up to the field with banners saying insert name here out or we've had enough or <clears throat> some quippy play on your on your team slogan, but how it's against the ownership. That's the only time that I think real change can be made and even then it's so few and far between how many times did people protest the glazers how many times were people getting together outside of old trafford before and after matches saying glazers out they're the root of the problem it's it's not like it's wrong but it's just there's something so so helpless about it that i i don't know what's the point of me sitting here going and daniel levy doesn't buy no shit he doesn't buy players like but i think in your position you can blame the ownership because they're not investing like we look at the, we look at like the penny pinching that they do. They don't like. They literally will like hold five million or ten million. Pedro Pora. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about transfer we'll talk about that. Episode, but like but it's, since he's it's yeah. equates to now like yeah, yeah haggling over five million right now. What the fuck are you doing? Like, We've had such a problem at right back. Exactly, and I think like that's an instance where you can be, you can say like okay, this is ridiculous, like the owners should are are at fault for that, and then in the situation with. Um, your style of play, the players on the field, you blame them. Obviously, you blame the management. From my perspective as a United fan, obviously the Glazers are an issue and they've always been an issue. But I'm not from Manchester. I can't be there to protest amongst a group of fans. But for me, it was always just management, like poor tactics, not the right selection of players. And I think from bottom to top, there's a culture aspect that everybody has a hand in. And that could be said for Spurs. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of play for Spurs when it comes to the, your issues. I think the main, the key ones right now are the players not meshing with the management style. And it's like where I can give Levy credit is he's never walked away from a deal having gotten handled. He's never ever in his life probably walked away from a deal thinking I didn't get the absolute best I could out of that. And he's made the club a lot of money. He really is. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's an incredible business mind. He, the way he assisted in, sta- in the new stadium setup, he was vital to that whole thing. Vital to the NFL partnership, which now we bring in tons of money each season for hosting a couple games. He's a brilliant business mind, and he does have Tottenham Hotspur, I think, in his best interest at the end of the day. But 
the problem is the only thing we as fans are looking for are players who can come in and help change things. And again, it's like to me, why we didn't just get Poro immediately, why it's becoming this sort of now this haggle back and forth thing, sort of like a, a larger what happened with Jed Spence. Like it's just it's not a good look for the club when we aren't willing to pay for players that, that you know will make us better. It tells other clubs that we aren't that serious about getting better. So I don't know. I guess my issue with this really difficult Spurs season has been how much blame do I assign fairly and where? Because while some people I know who are also Spurs fans are like, you got to, it's all Levy, it's all Levy. What's the point in bringing in Conte if he's not going to back? That's not incorrect. I just, we've conceded now, we've conceded a goal first in like eight straight games. We look like dog shit. We look not as good as the product that it could be with the players that we have. So that's when I'm thinking, first things first, like that's solve the field now and then when it, when a window rolls around i can get mad at the ownership but fucking mess man it I, really is i i think we, there's like the mindset um of spurs not being a big club and i think they are a commercial they're commercially a big club and i think when you look when you mention levy having the best interest in the club i think his best interest is making the most money they can for it not the pro- production on the pitch maybe he thinks that making it big commercially will lead to it being better on the pitch because then more players are going to want to go there. Obviously, they invested heavily into the stadium, which is great. The training facilities is probably the best in England. Um, Conte did get some additions too. Yeah. Let me not say that he's just gotten nothing because he he spent a little bit on the window. Yeah. We bought Charleston for seventy mil, so I don't. But I think that mentality of like we're not going to budge over five million is where the like that is where you can place blame. Like that is the issue. Like why isn't Levy pressing to buy those key players that can make a difference. He's a fullback. He's someone that you could you could replace Emerson. So, yeah, there's that, I think, where the blame could be made on Levy. But the rest, like you said, is the pitch, and those are critical issues that need to be resolved first. I think that's the double-edged sword that is Levy, though, of like him being this phenomenal, phenomenal businessman. is like he's going to go in and he's going to barter for these players, and if he doesn't get them for the price that he wants, he probably looks at it more transactionally where it's like, okay, there's got to be another player on the market that I could probably find. Maybe the cost-benefit analysis is 80% payoff versus 85, and it'll come at $10 million less. So I'll go pay for that player, and I'll pay when needed for that player, I mean, and go get him. I think Conte, I mean, I always we always talk about tactics, and obviously Spurs are playing some shit football under Conte right now. I think they have... Compared to other teams... I fucking wish we were playing shit football, Connor. I wish we were playing shit football. <laughs> That'd be great. No, but compared to other teams, like your roster is in good enough shape. Um, and that's even looking at teams like United, Liverpool. Like You have players that are quality enough to match these teams, even on a level of depth. Like I look at Liverpool's side right now. I don't think we have much depth. I look at Spurs team, like you don't have crazy amounts of depth either, but the quality of some of the players coming off the bench is pretty similar. So it's like, I think Conte is in a confusing position. I think he likes to throw up these smoke flares of being like, oh, these are the, these expectations are too high for Tottenham. When like, really it isn't. Or what, what I did last year was a miracle. Yeah. It's not a fucking miracle, dude. Tottenham has been in better positions with less. And Levy has done a lot for Conte. I think he's gone and got a lot of players, and now it's kind of like, hey, man, like it's not just going to be this never-ending, like, it's not going to be a black card that you can just throw players on, and then when it doesn't work out under your management style, 
you can come back and say, oh, we don't have enough players. Like, that's not how this is going to work. So I think that's where Conte kind of <laughs> needs to check himself because right now he's gotten players he's asked for. Mm. I think paid too much for players. Like, we talk about penny pinching. I think he paid too much for Richarlison. If there's a player you could have negotiated on, it's probably him. You could have gotten him for maybe 60, 55. Who knows what Everton, desperation Everton were willing to take for their star boy. But... That's where Conte, I think, really needs to like. But when that contradict, when that like contradict what we were saying about Levy like haggling for money, though, like wouldn't Conte be fucking frustrated that like he's like he's sitting there like, what is five million to you, like as a manager? But he's a businessman. Five million is a lot to him. I know, but as Conte, you're saying like he should be like like grateful for like the stuff that he has going, which I I get, but like you can also be frustrated with like the little things like little things compared to like 40 million. I guess and he's yeah. not willing to pay the yeah. 5 million and as a coach. You're like, dude, you just paid 70 million for Charleston. Right. I'm asking for this right yeah, back that right. you can clearly see is a problem. I think you're either all in and like you're putting it like you either go all in and back him fully or you just, or you do the bullshit haggling of like 5 million. But I mean, all the clubs do the haggling. All the clubs miss yeah, out. I think, on it's, players. Just inconsistent. United I think it's just inconsistent. No, for the haggling, that's United his main is, thing. Yeah, but like, United is haggled for players. But then for we get but a we, year and a half. We're able to get like, the players. But we get them though. Like we, that's the thing. Sometimes like, you they don't might work still out, but get they get them. them. You that's, might get poor. We've had like, more, and we've had more hits up. in recent years than makes in terms United of signings. United are fake hagglers. So. They like haggle yeah. for three they're seconds. Really, yeah. and, and, also, like, and then it's like, ah. How do you haggle United? <laughs> 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 they they show up to the negotiations <laughs> table with like they millions so in their pocket. I accidentally Venmoed you the original amount, but just take it. So, but I don't know. Like, is an outside back, is a right back going to solve? I know you're crying out for an right back, but the way that. Tottenham are conceding goals right now. One modern-day fullback is not going to help the defensive leakage of goals. You just got a modern-day fullback in Perisic, and as good as he's playing, he's not helping you that much or as much as he should be Defensively, yeah. for the caliber player he is. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you, this is something where you have to unpack it little by little. Mm-hmm. And and from a fan standpoint, I mean, there's so little that we actually have control over at the end of the day. Yeah. Fuck all, essentially, is what we have control over. But... Andrew makes a great point. It's like, yeah, this like, haggling over five million for a guy that everyone and their fucking mother knows would work out well and that we need—that's ridiculous. But just like to flip it back at Conte, and that's why I'm not this immediate like, oh, I just back Conte. Oh, it's because he didn't get backed. Oh, he's 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 great. We would have we would have won if he had been backed properly and if we had the right players. I, I think there's way more to it than that, yeah. especially when you play such. And I'm going to use a word negative here, but I don't mean that in terms of like a negative connotation, negative football is allowing the other team to have most of the chances and being stressed a lot of the time and, tr- and trying to survive off the counter. That's what I would call ne- a negative style of football. Right. And when you're going to be married to that style of play, handcuffed and chained to it for your whole career, it's got to look better than that. Sorry. So, it's got to look better than that. Yeah. I guess not to drag it out too long, but what, like, what would you be like a quick, what would it, what would be a quick resolution to all this? Like, if we get rid of if you get rid of Conte, does Levy back fully back the next manager, or is it like a situation where you kind of figure out the players that you have now, like you've kind of been doing? I don't know. Like, you got some players that you invested in. Like, there's there's some quality there, like Connor mentioned, but like, it's kind of like, do you want the captain to hop off the ship and let it sink, or do you want to? Write it out and hopefully it lands on shore like I mean, half assembled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I don't. It lands on shore, beat to shit. I don't, no think they, I don't think they should sack him because then they're just back at 
It arrives to shore that Chinese cruise that people were trapped and pooping everywhere because there was no more like, (laughs) and it got in a docked and people were like, what happened out there? Oh my God. I guess like, do you see out the the season or do you, do you just, everyone's see. Okay. So in terms of where I think of, of Conte in the season, everyone's going, oh, he's going to leave at the end of the season. I think if he's still here at the end of the season, I'll be a little bit surprised. I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. I have zero faith we get a result against Crystal Palace tomorrow because what would give me that idea? What would give me that idea? No Kulu, he's still out. No Richarlison, he's still out. Probably no Bentoncourt again. It's three of our most essential players. The reason we've had the little success we have so far. So to go in without them, the, the whole team's mindset is going to be shit. Okay, so mm. we're all pissed off. We're not really sure if we believe in the manager. So let's go out there and just give Eze and, and Zaha the ball and have them just dance along the wings and let's go to the loudest fucking stadium in the Premier League that's Selhurst Park by the water where we can't hear ourselves think or concede goals. I would like him to go sooner rather than later because I don't think the season is going to amount to really anything for us. I don't see us getting too much further in Champions League. Don't really see us finishing top four right now, and you know I don't see us winning any type of tournament. So I I know that the coaching market's not that great right now, but mm-hmm. I think there's a few managers on the verge of a sacking, and at this point... I wonder if Ryan Mason Tuchel. could just slot back in. Dude, yeah, my list is I, longer than that. Like, I'm looking at every coach that I think will be even... Lampard would go on that list because I know he's going to get sacked soon. Brendan Rodgers is probably going to get sacked soon, so he would go on the list of potential replacements. But... Yeah. Everyone's those coaches are kind of in the same boat it's, right now. It's thin, gonna, thin ice. It's going to be a really fine line on how it all plays out for Conte because, like, you named three of his his three best signings, and he hasn't had them. So I think that's where Conte needs to be better about controlling his emotions on a short term level. Of like, dude, you can't just co- come out and say all these things and like stain the club and the club's aura just because you've had this really poor run of form. Like, realize it. It's it's better to say to the press like, "Hey, we're missing all of these players," rather than be like, "Hey, the fans' expectations are too high." If you think we're going to finish fourth, so it's all about his image. There's one person Antonio right. Conte cares about when he talks, and it's Antonio Conte. Yeah. It's the only and and from the moment he arrived in London, this is how I felt. I know he's given us some good football. You mentioned a few good signings he's brought in. Man, I'll get Kulu tatted on my forehead. I think he's one of the best <laughs> signings that we've ever had. That's Son included, but. Yeah, man. I mean, it's to not expect more of you, given the resume that we still have, and and then again to continuously shade attention away from my image. This is always oh, is the ownership. Mm-hmm. You, the fans are crazy. You think we're going to win? Oh, the players, this, that, the other. It's like, dude, you got to. Yeah. It's, Do you think it's him, does it him not taking account, or it's like a manager not allowed to like defend themselves? We saw the same thing with Ollie. I think Ollie that's was getting shaded, and he tried to defend himself. Everyone shat on him. They he always yeah, say he defended him, but management is but, the loneliest position it, 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 that like you can hold. Same, it's like the, the same thing. Like, world. are you allowed to stick up for yourself and be like you're expecting? Like, it's uh, fair. As much as like Spurs is like, but why has not? has competed? You make a fair he, point. He has to be like at some point. He has to be like guys. Like I can only do so much. Like I know I have control of the team and the tactics but like sometimes when it doesn't work out like i can only do so much for these players and give them so much for but, them to perform but why oppose the fans why talk shit about the i'm club? not gonna defend that but why I'm saying, not but just, I'm just be like hey i'm out some of my best players right now it's been a very rocky period and i'm giving everything i can to get us through this but like we need these guys back or maybe then we need some investment well, if they're not coming back well i guess that's where the ego plays in like tristan like yeah it's that's where it's a I narcissism that, connor that yeah. would be fuck if he's yeah. got up there and just was just for the first time in his life was like this is tough we got a lot of injuries right now some really important players i'm i'm doing my absolute best here to try and work with the team i mean you said it perfectly like there's no point repeating it but he just 
he would re- literally right. rather die than get literally. up there and, and, and not act like he's been to the highest mountaintops yeah. and like he's yeah, won yeah. the best things you can win. And he has, but and history only goes so far. Right. History is good for when you're shitting on your friend's club and you go, what have you won? That's the only time it really matters because it's fucking today. It's now. It's about to be the rest of the season about to be summer window. Like things are moving. Arsenal's getting better. People don't really know what's going to happen with their club. You're seeking new ownership potentially. Same with the United. Like nobody really knows what's next. So when, when he gets up there and he's like, well, you know, fucking not not really my problem at the end of the day. It's like, I don't know. To to the sacking, the boat, the boat analogy. It's like, is he going to be the, like, I don't know, the captain of the ship with scurvy down in the... He would get a life in the bunker and, and bash like, in the walls from the outside. Like, meet me in the ballroom. I'm gonna, I got a plan. And everybody goes to the ballroom and he's in a dinghy paddling away. Like, he's like a mile offshore. Yeah. Right? And everyone's like, is he, he said he was... He said he was on his way, right? Like, you heard that. Yeah. And I don't think Spurs would be in a horrible position if he did leave with the style. Like, because Conte's style is so specific, just like Mourinho. But... If you look at this Spurs team, the players that they have, if you suddenly get a new manager in willing to try new things, like all these players could easily play in a... I mean, I still think they're in between squads. I don't think it's a fully Conte squad. Yeah, in my but, opinion. but still, he's gotten some wing back. Like, they don't have... They have it's good a, defenders. They sign defenders, it's but... It's like you, 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 you look at the squad right now. I mean, if they play get, a four three three or play a four, you can't play four three three with like wing backs. So they're not meant for that. They don't have. The Perisic de- could play a traditional left back. Romero can be a good center back. And if Emerson holds back more, they're going to be better defensively. But you that's have more not the defensive player. help you can in midfield ask them to do that. But that's not the players. Like that's what I'm saying. They're in between squads. It's you just said it's know. very specific. It's hard to play just a four two three one. Perfect. You just buy a ten, dude. Regulon's the perfect. Regulon's the perfect example of that. He's a left wing back, guys, and Kurt. he just he at left back he wasn't good. But they're playing with no, wing backs, I, and the wing backs are still aren't good. No, I I think I play a four two three one. You have two holding midfielders. Bentacar's the eight. Hoiberg's the six. Find a creative midfielder. You can even drop Kane into the ten. You have two dynamic wingers, and then you play Richarlison as the high player. That's a lot of movement. That's a lot of movement, though. To Jalen's point, is like you just you, you, be, you can't just do that. Like you with have to these players some, some with FIFA. professional players. Yes, you can FIFA. tell them one day to go play a no. three-five-two, and then the next day you can say, "Hey, we're gonna go try a four-two-three-one today." I don't. I don't think it works that easily. I don't. I oh, I think it does. And that applies to the Gokbo thing. There's no you can't just stick Gokbo anywhere. Liverpool were horrible in a four three three, a position that we played for six years. We come out, play a four two three one, all of a sudden our form improves for five matches in a row. I don't think it's just gonna be an overnight quick fix that these players automatically start performing out of their minds in positions that they don't normally play in Jalen's point of that. It helps them it helps them not concede as many goals because they're not as stretched. Parish is gonna leak more goals at a left back position when there's less coverage on his side same with Emerson same with Everson. There's less coverage. Bro, the coverage in their 3-5-2 is ass. They leak goals. It's better. It's better. You have more, co- okay. you're, you have you're more have, coverage you're when more you're exposed. controlling the midfield. And you don't but give not, but they're not the gonna, other team not, not, 80% possession. When you play a 3-5-2, you're willing to concede possession for majority of the match. Con- if you play a different style, possession. you can they control want, possession. They don't want they're not going to control no. possession. If they, you have more midfielders, you can control the tempo But they haven't been controlling possession. Their midfielders haven't been able to do that. They've been relying on sitting in. They're not going to be good at it overnight. They're not going to switch into doing it. But if you have more 
players in midfield yes, maybe, as, maybe as maybe opposed to two three players months, gonna, trying to cover the ground of no, you're gonna risk 80% the, of the field. You're going gonna, gonna to risk key points drop because it's going to take more than just a couple weeks for that. Key point drop. They only have dropped points. And it's going to continue if you try and switch the system so suddenly. I don't think that's going to work like that. I, I think you rely on the players. You have Pasuma. You we're have talking Benzico. about top flight professional players that have played football. These aren't, these aren't young that. players I'm that have been saying, groomed I'm through not, Norwich's academy to play a specific style. These are players that okay. have made many changes across their entire career and I think are pretty capable of adapting. Look at how Kane but adapted I, into I, I a but I don't think nine. But I don't. don't I don't, you don't think the system change is going to do them better. I don't. You don't think them having more coverage in midfield, sitting deeper, having four across the back is instead of three is going to help them? I mean, you still have to play to their traits because then teams would never buy specific players for specific positions. I, if they, I, I, if, I get, I get it, Connor. I, I, re, I totally get it. I understand because because when I was crying out for another midfielder, that was something that got assisted a little bit. We did have a little bit more possession, but we're just, with with Conte at the helm, we're just not a team that likes having... Yeah, I mean, with, the change in formation is not going to come under Conte, but, like, say... If, if, if Perisic isn't... Useless if Perisic isn't, is, isn't the left-back solution in a four-back, then slide Perisic to left wing. Play him as a left midfielder and play Ben Davies as a left-back. That's more defensive coverage. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's not what you said. That's not what you said. He's been pretty good. No, he has been good. But I'm. He's more of a left back too than he is. But like with this, with this back three, what was the what was the back three going into the the Villa game? It was Tanganga. Well, who's the guy? Who's the other guy you brought in from Barcelona? Smoke Langley. Langley. Well, he, and, and Romero, it's, but Langley was like our best player that game. But like, if when we've gone out there, dude, with with Dyer, Tanganga, and and Ben Davis or some of and I'm like, the, no, uh, what's his name? Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez. Exactly. <laughs> That's just not a recipe for success. That's not going to go well, dude. Come on. You know, when the lineup comes out on Instagram at 6:30 a.m., I'm thinking, well, great. great. <laughs> I woke up back to one. bed. Back to bed. <laughs> I wake up at 9:30 with fucking seething rage instead of at 7:30. Well. Spurs aren't the only team having trouble. <laughs> Luckily, they might be having the most trouble of any of the top teams. I'd argue that, but but Liverpool are no fucking beauty yeah. either, right? <laughs> right. Figured now. I'd just drag out the Spurs talk. Yeah, to delay the Liverpool over. talk. <laughs> uh, and look, and Liverpool are still in a vastly better position, I think, than Spurs are. Maybe that's dramatic, but uh, you guys just have these fucking stinkers of games, and it can be against yeah. anybody. It can come at any moment, but. I don't know what. Looking back, if you had to pick one of the most important things that you thought they did shitty, what what would you say? I think Aerial defending, like not rotating the squad. No, okay, so kind so, of kind of a clop thing a little bit. Yeah, um, usually he's pretty good at doing this. I think he might have felt shorthanded players, but I think we would have been better off starting different players against Brentford than starting the same or very close to the same eleven that we started twice. Two other times in the same week, like what? Everyone, every team by after tomorrow or thir- or what's today? Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday. Who cares? Tuesday. I don't Tuesday, even fucking yeah. care. But uh, by the end of this match week, so the one that just started is. yesterday, um, every team is going to play what three matches in ten days. Mm. Klopp started the same team three times, and I think a lot of other teams did that as well. Like Arsenal definitely did that. Um, you're going to see a lot of the tops United kind of did that too, but I think if Klopp rotated players, we would have looked a lot better. I don't think Ox scored, but I don't think you can go. I'd rather see Fabio Carvalho start. Like I would just rather see that. Yeah. Uh, our I'll midfield, say- Thiago, you're asking a lot from him yeah. to play three matches as a midfielder in a tough system to like 
cover all that ground as an older player, aging player. Like that's a lot to ask. And be, for him. And be creative. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like frankly yeah. he can't. He's a midfielder that like yes, in a really good team when he can do just one job, be the creative midfielder, win a couple challenges here and there, grind out a couple like breaks, whatever, um, track back. But like when he's doing it for 90 minutes and then 90 minutes again, and then 90 minutes, three days later, he's not, you're not going to get any kind of good product out of him. So I think that is the one thing Klopp should have done better. I'm not saying that it would have gotten us better results, but I think that it's more beneficial for us and the Liverpool side in the long run. Why did big verge get yanked? I think it's just because he was playing so much. Like, he came back from the World Cup I and played. I thought I heard one of the pundits at first say, no, no. oh, that's that's not good that they took him off. And then they said there was, like, a little tweak or a little tiny safety knock or something that reports, they were. But. I could have sworn that they said there was some physio by Van Dyke checking out one of his legs, and it wasn't super serious, but it's not a time you want to take risks right. with your fucking multi-million dollar center one his, half. One of his so. tree trunks. Yeah, slap a bill on that guy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that guy's got probably crazy leg insurance. Which is a real thing, you know. Yeah. Messi has like what a nine hundred million dollar insured left foot. Probably, probably. Yeah. It says the Van right foot says like twenty bucks. Not serious, but but and but like, not serious is serious enough to immediately yank him off the field and know that it's January. Play it safe. I mean, we also had Kanate. Like we have good enough Matip. I mean, oh yeah, good enough. Rank on the <laughs> goal. Here we go. <laughs> but even like, I mean, we look at Nunez. Like he, I think it's good that he got Scored a lot a of playing time. When? Kanate? Oh, Kanate. Yeah. He did bag. So, I thought you said Nunez. That's why my eyes were. He bagged up. for Well, Nunez did too. It was French offside. Yeah, right? that was a nice finish. His name was on the opposite side of where he should have been. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he knows well, that. I'm going to rank like, on him for own goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Brentford signed a guy named Kanate. Sorry, uh, continue, sorry. <laughs> no, but I think even like rotating Nunez, like, it's good that he got all those minutes, but clearly he's struggling with finishing. Get him a little rotation, like get a little rotation. Try something different. Um, take some of the pressure off him because he looks really awkward when he has chances. So he just does like twenty five hundred meter dashes like a game. I mean, he's relentless. That is the one thing. Like he is absolutely relentless. He keeps trying, which I'm gonna always love him for, and like I think it will eventually come. But um, who knows? I don't know. Brentford are also like hats off to them. That is a tough stadium yeah, to go and play. To for sure. I think it says come more on. about Brentford than it does about Liverpool. Yeah. I think the dense fixtures really killed us. I mean, we signed Gokbo, so because Brentford, <laughs> I mean, they've beaten the they've beaten other top four sides and yeah, tell us about it. Did, Andrew? They, <laughs> did they did they beat you or did you play Drew? You, Drew, right? Drew, so, Drew, so, Drew, City, Drew. so technically, well, who else they the beat? Result. Andrew, I didn't hear it yet. United. So they've got a four 0 win over United. They drew Spurs. They've beaten Liverpool three to one. Beat City one They beat City two, two to one. Two to one. one. Sorry. In like the ninety six minutes. And then they they drew, drew Chelsea. They drew Chelsea. Yeah. So they've been they've been giant killers this year. Honestly, I and and up. this I think one of the most beloved members of that whole club is Thomas Frank, and rightly so. I mean, he is a a widely loved human being in in London. But I look at Thomas Frank, and I think is he he's, English. No, he's just, so that's such a I think good. He's question. German. Yeah. No, he's like, I thought he was Swedish. Sure. Yeah, I guess. It's, while you looked that up, I, I think he. When I see him coaching Brentford, I'm like, well, you're doing you're doing too good a job. Like, I think he's got a big club move in his in his future. We talk about potential replacements for Spurs. Thomas Frank, Danish, Danish. Oh, yeah. That's that's right because he and Chris Erickson like bonded over being Danish. Oh, and they have Damsgaard. So. <laughs> yeah, and Damsgaard as well. Um, but yeah, I think he. He's loved at Brentford. I think the feeling is definitely reciprocated. You can tell that he has a great deal of passion for this club. And when you 
come up with somebody. That's typically how it works. But he definitely has a big club move. We often talk about players having big club moves in them, but Thomas Frank is somebody who's like rapidly bolstering his resume in the Premier League and Mm -hmm. a lot of coaching left in front of him. A lot of uh, managerial positions. I think that he fits well. And the way Brentford play football, it's pretty balanced to me. They do like having the ball, but when they need to, they can sit back a little bit and, and work on the counter. But I see the Brentford team that can beat you from a lot of different angles, which is why they've had such success. Drawing spurs because they, when you give them the ball, they will attack, and they have good players in their lineup. One of them may be going to prison, but past that, I mean, I, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, but if you give them the ball, they're going to attack. So when they play a counter team, they look, they look good. When they play a team of high possession, they can sit back and soak it up a little bit and hit them on the counter. They're so good in the air, too. They're big. They're good in the air. They're fast. There's a lot of really good aspects to this team. So I think they'll definitely finish top 10 in the Prem this season. But like looking into next season, I think Thomas Frank just signed an extension on the day after Christmas. So maybe this is all... A good, null point. Good but, vibes, FC. But he good definitely, vibes, I don't know, I could see him making a jump at some point to a club that f- typically finishes in the top six Spurs. or seven. Uh, dude, uh, he'd be a tell me where to sign. Seriously, tell me yeah, where to he'd sign. he'd be a really good now, he would be, I think he's, an, he's a fun manager. Like, fun manager. manager. Yeah, cool. those videos. Seems like he can handle pressure pretty so well. He's also too. managed like personalities. Ivan Tony is a personality with the shit that he said about Brentford. Yeah. Where he thinks he's bigger than the club. You know what, too, is obviously what you've done going into a job matters a lot. If you are a coach who's won a champions league or won a premier league, I think the players will naturally go, Oh shit, we better, we better buy into what he's saying because it's going to work. But the farthest my team has been in a champions league round is with Poch, who's also never won anything. So in terms of what I prefer a coach who's been to the mountaintop or a coach who's trying to get his bearings to me right now, it doesn't really fucking matter. I want better football and that's it. That's that's really it. There's not even anything else. Like yeah. the, the results aren't there. So if there's anything I want, it's just better football. Your team hasn't lost at home in ten matches. So yeah, no, and it's I know I Manchester United. So you can't just hope for better football. Boo hoo. Bars this, too well that's there. This season. That's this season. <laughs> that's this, this seems focused. like they're on the cusp of better football. Now is when you're getting yeah. better football. I don't expect. Talk about it. United and Rashi are next. Well, I don't want to talk too much about United. We kind of talk about United and yeah. I, overall, I think. Dude, you might, dude, they're playing so well for the first time this season. Why? And you're, and you're like, well, like, I don't want to spend too much time. Because I don't want to jinx We got to talk about transfers, which is like rumors. Which is like sitting on the table going, whatever. you hear Bobby kiss Kelly this weekend? That's about the face value that transfers Whatever he says, we're going to make sure that we write it down. We know what minute. And we're recording. Chelsea's going to spend 800 fucking million on Enzo Fernandez. There, that's transfers. I'd rather talk about something with Premier League subs. No, which I, is your team unfortunately getting fucking good again. Yes, you made the comment of uh, <laughs> 10 games unbeaten, and it's not just we're winning matches, we're controlling games, but there's moments where we do have lapses in defense. I think we get a, a, get a little bit carried away with ourselves. We're a little bit um, lazy in possession, and we kind of you know lose our sense of focus. But I think some of the players that are making resurgences that I'm really like, really happy about is Wambasaka is being one. Uh, Luke Shaw is continuing his really good run of form. Lindelof looks sharp when he's coming in. Um, Veron coming back for the World Cup. Casemiro has been... I mean, the... Excellent. The, there's been a... There was Immense. the joke made, like, it, it took him to boss a bottom half team in the Premier League for people to realize how good he is at his job, which, I mean, he's exceptional. Today, he was all over the pitch... I mean, there was one instance where he literally ran, darted at, <laughs> darted at a. Uh, I thought he. I thought, I, I thought he was dead. I thought yeah. the player was dead. It, so like, but and the, and the thing is, it comes off. It's not like 
it's not like he does that with like it's not like he's running around with his head cut off. It's it's all tactical. It's organized strategic. Madness. It's organized. Yeah. So it's I think it's a recipe of Ten Hogs management and the quality of players. And then the key player for me is Rashford. He's been our player. He's been the Premier League player of the month. I'd say for December. I mean, he scored every he scored in every game that he's we've played since the World Cup. And I'm just over the moon, like happy for him. I, I this is what he deserves. This is the type of player that he is, and I'm happy that it, maybe it took him a little bit too long to get back to it. But it's that's not a problem. I mean, he had some issues to work out. So, no, I'm I I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, and I, I hope it continues. I'm not getting carried away. That I, I think we're a moment away from slipping. I think there's moments that we we show signs of slipping. So it's important to kind of keep a level head and just continue. Hope for the team to continue this really good run of form because um, there's important matches coming up like next weekend, two weeks from now um, against City. So and that's going to be a real test to where we're at as a club because we could easily just get fucking pummeled on, by you them. Could, but yeah. You could, but in terms of form, this is kind of like the time you'd want to play City. I don't. I might, oh, absolutely. Pick, I might pick United going into this game, honestly. And we do predictions, one, because there's mm-hmm. no money involved, so you can fucking say whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to. I think I have Spurs lose like 9 nothing when I'm really pissed off sometimes, but... Yeah, I mean, going into this game, there's no, nobody on United should feel like this is not a test that they can't pass with flying colors. But no, you're right. It I, is yeah. going to be a significant it's test. Huge though. test. And I think I left the player out, but David De Gea has been unreal. I don't know if you guys have seen him, some of the saves he's made over the last two or three games. It's it's exceptional. It's a wronged man. He's yeah. playing with some fire. He's his, playing from De Gea of like five years he's ago. playing with all the anger. Back to the Ten Hag thing, the disciplinary... Um, Actions that were given towards Rashford, obviously a bit of human in him and oversleeping, being late for a meeting. That's something everybody does. And I think it's not a big deal that he benched Rashford for that. I think when you have rules in place, you're meant to follow them, even if it's a mishap, like even if it's the most humane thing of oversleeping, like it's really not a big deal. I think it just sets the standard that even a top player, the, the best player at the club right now can get benched if they break a rule or if a rule is just not met. So, I want, and uh, I want to ask you something, and I want to try and invoke a, a very serious answer. And this yeah. again, going into this game, Rashford's in good form. Now he was in great form going into the match. If Ten Hag had decided not to play him at all and ended up losing that game, would you have a different feeling about this? Maybe a little bit. I think there'd be. If, if no, then no. But but would you maybe be looking at the situation a little bit differently, thinking this was kind of blown out of proportions? No, I don't. I I don't because I think. You have to set standards, and I think standards are more important than the result. I think if, I, I think it would have been. I'm fifty fifty on that. No, dude. I think no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think you, I think you bench him still. I, 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 even if he was to, even if we lost, I'd be like, I, I'd be upset uh-huh. about the loss, but I would also be like, these are the standards that are met, and regardless of what was done or how it was done, and the result of not playing that certain player. We have to keep those standards. We have to set the right precedents for players to come in and realize that this is the, the style of play, style of football we want to play, and this is the attitude that we have. Jay? I don't know. I think a whole game suspension would have been tough, but I, I get what he's saying. Like, you got to mm-hmm. focus on the team as a whole rather than one player, but I think an infraction of a whole game. Because I don't want to rely on Rashford. Right. Like, I don't, like you don't yeah. want, you want to, you want every player. To <clears throat> no, but, but, but obviously, as we all know, form comes and goes. It like does. The yeah. Fucking weather. So when somebody is playing well, you kind of need to, Ride that pony as far as you can. To this right away, and far be it for me to bring up Ronaldo when he's not a part of it. But this to <laughs> me is like Ten Hag living in post Ronaldo United era. Like that. he's yeah. like, I finally got out. Because you know what? 
Uh, the word respect has been thrown around a lot, especially at Old Trafford. There's a lot of people not getting the respect that they think they deserve. But I think Ten Hag was not overly bothered by Ronaldo's comments saying he doesn't really respect him. But I think Ten Hag saying, once I get this fucking guy out of the club, done. There is no more people bending the rules, thinking they're above anything. I don't think Rashford thinks he's above. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. he just fucking fell asleep and <laughs> forgot to hit snooze. But... But I think Ten Hag will look at the situation and go, I kind of have to lay down martial law. This is my club. Mm-hmm. I've gotten out the only person who's willing to talk to somebody on TV about how much they don't respect me. We need to right the ship a little bit. So I think that's good, but yeah, could not have worked out better. Like right. it worked out oh, comedically well he for scored. Ten Hag. <laughs> not in a million years would I think that it would. And that's why I think it's been like this fun story of like a father-son, like they embraced each other after the yeah, game. It's yeah. all good and they're friends and... Yeah, because Rashford scored the game-winning goal. So I think it worked out like comedically well for United. Again, something that I hope you're enjoying in the moment, that things are going as well oh, as yeah, I'm happy about it. Because we it's don't as fans do that enough. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the funny thing about it was I just, I'm like, this kind of has something to do with Ronaldo because this is Ten Hag saying no more. Right. I'm not going to get disrespected by anyone on this team anymore. Do you yeah. remember the athletic report that came out last year that we, we went through and it was like all the rumors behind the closed doors that were released and it was like... Uh, People calling Ole like a a, a name, oh, or yeah. calling yeah. R- Ralph Ragnick a certain name, or um, Ronaldo leaving Brighton by himself in his own car. Like, like I think that's what he's putting everything. Like, mm. he probably read that. He probably, he definitely heard about that. Like, he yeah. definitely knew what was going, what was happening going in. Like, and he kind of just fucking silenced all that stuff. Right. It, that's important. It as Tristan, Tristan mentions, it is like. It's very fortunate that it all worked out perfectly. Couldn't like, have gone better. Like, yeah, he's like a pig in shit with how it all worked out. Mm. But, like, that is one of the hardest things to do as a manager, especially at the, t- at the top flight. Because, like, usually you're not guaranteed time. So it's like these managers, Ten Hag wants to restore the culture. He wants to put intact a new hierarchy at the club. He wants to make sure that there's good bones to how everything works and there's tears to who has certain levels of respect, authority, so on and so forth. Um, and in order, like benching Rashford is a must, how, no matter how nice the guy is, how apologetic he is, how good a form he's in. Like that's, No matter how in love we are with his girlfriend, <laughs> it's not okay to sit him. So that, like you have to, as a manager, you have to put that stuff aside and you have to like, if he's serious about rebuilding United to what it used to be, that's what he has to do. But it is such a hard task as a manager because it's also something where like, if it doesn't go well, players in this day and age can turn on you very quickly. They can start saying things behind your back. And I think he would be okay. Even if players are saying things behind his back of like, after the game, it's like they'll muddle oh, Rashford should have played today, like that kind of thing. Like he's okay dealing with that. He's he's so confident in action. And when it comes time to have the players back, he knows that like, or the players know that he's going to do that when it's time for him to stand up. But in this instance, he's going to hold the players to the same level of accountability where like in the back of Rashford's head, in the back of Bruno looking at Rashford, despite say they don't get the three points, Bruno should be like, well, yeah, like Rashford's still like, as yeah. small as it was, he didn't do the right thing today. So, like, he didn't earn the Rashford full 90. goes to, like, the soup kitchen to, like, help feed the kids. Like, he always does. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to score a goal for you today, but Ten Hag didn't play me. So, it's because <laughs> I slept in. So, I really wanted to. I know it's mainly his fault. So, it's not it's not me. All the kids are like, <laughs> I, I think, like, it also maybe gives Bruno perspective on, like, 
maybe I should have had an impact today. Like, yeah, you also, like you said, you don't want to be reliant on like, one player. But like, like, it you might, don't want everyone to be like, oh, Rashford didn't play. That's why we lost today. It's like, like it, maybe it puts show some respect to me as a player, yeah, too. Like, yeah, I exactly. was out there. Like, mm. yeah. So I think, like, or they'll just look at themselves like, like, damn, like, I know Rashford's not playing today, but I got to, like, I got to step up. I have to be a, an outlet for our team, mm-hmm. for the team today. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it worked out. And I'm happy. And I'm happy that the team's playing well. And I'm fucking nervous for two weeks from now, but I'm fucking pumped that we have the style of play. We'll have Lissandro back. We'll have Ferran. We're on um, fully, you know, 100%. Um, obviously coming back from the World Cup. So. wonder if Lissandro got a stern talking to. <laughs> oh, for partying too much? Uh, or just like, There's no way that anybody got... Did, do you think? No I don't, Ten Hag made a public statement yeah, about did. it. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's just been like being fucked like, up. We'll on sort it out when he gets back. Because he was like, like he that. was like on he was out partying and stuff. Like he asks, I don't know. I think that's I'm, just, the, he knows, I'm the head yeah. of the See, players' union in this argument. Yeah. I'm like, dude, fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, I think Ten Hag no. would do that. I think he kind of maybe said that just to like. Well, it's also it's hard because like players like Acuna and Papu Gomez were like came back and were immediately playing for Sevilla, and then you have your player who's st- yeah. like, still on video caught like partying. You're just like. Ah, I, I wish you would have came back. You're my right. starting center back. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, you, you, you games to win. He definitely in his head can't like wrong him. He's like, he no, won't he knows. Cup, but like, yeah. Gotta be prepared. That, I think I that's think, an instance where the players will trust his judgment, yeah, yeah. and that's all you want from your players is to trust your judgment as a coach. The joy or that manager. that Lissandro's filled with right now. There's nothing that could snuff. Like even if I got back right to United, and they're like, well, you know, all you've been doing is blackout on a boat for like two weeks. You can't. We're not going to play. I'd be like, well. Because my World Cup, <laughs> but Lissandro, he, he was at Old Trafford today with it. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Then, so. but like Lissandro probably would be because of how he knows Tenha. I'll be like, look, like wow, Ron oh. must have been sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby got to deal with it too. Yeah, like, seriously. Week. But I mean, that's I don't even think of that, Jay. <laughs> like, what is he just like not looking at? He's like, fuck, it, it's just fuck tears, man. Ron's so just like to lifting that bitch. He's like, I'm <laughs> so fucking happy He's for like, you, man. I, I hope that? we see a sabotage on I the just pitch. I just feel like this to him the entire time I saw <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. No, but yeah, overall, over the moon for the players and, and Rashford especially. Right. Now entering the rumor mill, we got some names linked to some clubs. We start with Chelsea, who just, I mean, they're involved in every transfer anywhere. It seems like fuck all. they get a bit of everything, no yep. matter what happens. They're no like, matter how big. They're like mobsters. <laughs> they get a little piece of everything, depending mm-hmm. on where it happens. So. Enzo Fernandez looks like they're going to pay the release clause, which is a number that I've already forgotten, but it's really high. Is it 125 or 135? 135, which would make him the most expensive Premier League player um, of all time. Of all time. Does anybody Which, think he's worth? If that? I'm a, see right, if I'm a hater, right? Don't I don't I go? He's off the back of one good World Cup, and all of a sudden we're paying. All, you know, is that kind of maybe a little bit fair though? Is there some degree of truth to that? Um, I think he's overrated. Frankly, well, I know he was really good in the fucking World Cup. I think his ceiling is, but I don't even think who Bovey. I was listening, and I Bovey has the hottest takes, but I think he was saying he only has like hundred or less than a hundred professional caps or top flight caps like i don't think he's worth it that's a lot of money for a player even that, that's a lot of money for a player even that's producing like yeah like half like half is producing. jude bellingham worth 135 yeah, like, mil? Yeah. i mean I, okay but but connor you've mentioned maybe the one person on the planet the that's worth that money maybe or the one holland holland didn't even go Mbappe for that. would go for that much yeah, theoretically but, like, but 
But he's worth uh, these goals. I'm not going to say he's not worth that money, but I think Chelsea are playing an unprecedented amount of money for him. I don't want to tag him to that because I think he's, I personally think he's worth that. Like he's an amazing young midfielder, but I don't think Chelsea should be paying 135 for him. Also, like, what is, how does Bowley negotiate? Like, he heard. Where does he play? It's drunk Benfica. and Benfica. He heard Benfica say we're not accepting anything less than 135 mil, and Bully's just like, like, "We'll pay the 135 mil." You think that scares mil. me? <laughs> I'm American. I'll pay double, but like <laughs> for no negotiate, reason. they'll take a hundred mil. Like you, you know how much that'll be for that club? Like come on, I think it. They'll negotiate. No, I don't think he's worth it. Like yeah, his ceiling's high, but like what, where's look at the best midfielders in the world right now? Like look at Modric, Modric from ten years ago. Was he worth 135 million? Would you say he would be? Yes. I mean, Jack Rudolph broke the no, market no, value. But. No. No, yeah. I, I just think that, like, you, you make a good point. The numbers are just too high now. The numbers are, we are the now numbers paying are just too, much for, too much for a youngster who hasn't done anything besides. Yes, he had a really good World Cup and he has really good performances for Benfica, but it's like he's just stupid. Anything can happen. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just stupid because it's, it's stupid like money. Like, well, I mean, I Neymar know. was like 80 million from Santos. That's a Brazilian league. Like, Neymar also is a goal scoring. Producing, he's a protege. Okay, but it's from a lot of people never heard of Enzo Fernandez before the World Cup. I I a lot of people at that time in twenty when he when he transferred twenty thirteen, the amount of money they paid for a left winger from Brazil is unprecedented. And you could say the same thing. Goals are more expensive than a solid. Look, I there's nothing I love more than a good CDM performance because that's how you control the midfield and win matches. But we all know that goals are just so much more valuable. You, you can pay a yeah. hundred mil for Mbappe or Neymar because they're going to score a shitload of goals. But can, can you can you justify going? We just paid a hundred thirty mil to control the midfield, like in a, in a game. Maybe right. One Maybe. player. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I, yeah. I bet you United don't. wish they did that, and they finally splashed the cash one, and now they're doing good. Well, like he's paid like sixty five mil, which makes sense. Also, the state of Chelsea right now, like, who's to say he's, a, a young player is going to go in there and pan out? It's a risk. No young risk. player goes to Chelsea and pans yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, that, that's that's back to Jalen's point that, like, Chelsea are paying an absurd amount of money considering the positions that they're in and how much they've spent. And, like, that's where the, stup- the stupidity comes from the amount of money spent. I guess... I think it's tainting the skill that he has because everyone's focused on how ridiculous the amount of money they're paying for him. Yeah, I think it's a lot of pressure to put on him. Like, it's so much pressure to put on a player like that. As a six, can he ever put in a $135 million no. performance? That's where we, like, rank players. Like, the only... Well, how do you know? If he, he's there he for all five World seasons, Cup. bro. If he's there for five seasons His and World all of those seasons are bowling, good. Though. I, and because to of be him, honest, Argentina was not that fucking dominant in the midfield think, during the World Cup. I they think, were not, like, this sellout... Balls to the walls controlled the entire tempo of the game. They were, but they were vulnerable. Out, but he stood out in that midfield. You can say McAllister stood out in that midfield, and so did Enzo. Like, what do you mean? Yes, but one hundred thirty-five million dollars. I, I think, but you're not listening. Six. But you're not listening to what I'm saying. That doesn't diminish his skill just because Chelsea decides to spend one hundred thirty-five on him. No, it doesn't diminish his skill. But like, you have to the measure his skill level to the price that they're paying. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's modern football. For I think you. I think the only is player, Jack Grealish worth a hundred million. He doesn't even have the goals and assists to back him up. I mean, uh, it's yeah. what is no, like, what do you say about that? Enzo's not going to have him either. <laughs> He's in midfield. I think so. I think the only player that is ever this is not biased, but the only player that ever was worth the money that was Incoming spent crazy bias was Cristiano Ronaldo to, from Real Madrid. 
Virgil How Van Dyke was for? worth the money we sp- paid for him. They spent, they broke the record. It was like a hundred million, all right. Look, it's, it's before, before you two yeah. kick off, both of those answers are correct. No, yeah. both of those, yeah. both yeah. of those are. Ronaldo's a little bit, you know, Champions League, you know, multiple league winner, and <coughs> uh, I Virgil won a Champions <laughs> I tried. League. Virgil won every trophy in England. I gave it my honest effort, but in the no, end, but I think like enough. before you start, <laughs> like yeah. when you talk about the money to goal, like like that to me is like the perfection of a transfer. Is like you paid a hundred million, you get fucking. 20 plus goals every season. You pay the amount of course see, of 10 years. I, I see Enzo's for, I see his skill level. I also yeah. see Luis Diaz's skill level coming out of the Portuguese league. I see Matias Nunez's skill Bruno, level Bruno as Fernandes. a deep midfielder coming out of the Portuguese yeah. league. No, it's true. Uh, yeah, like, we just, we pay too much now. Teams pay too much. You're going to pay a price for, for a product, greedy, right? man. Chelsea if, is just greedy. And, and cuckoo. <laughs> fucking, I agree. Oh my God. I agree. The list goes on and on, but if you pay, if you're gonna pay, okay, 120 mil for a CDM, you better get the best goddamn CDM. So all we need to worry about in this situation, whether or not it's worth it, is do Chelsea then get a good CDM performance just about every game? Because that's what it would take for that value to be worth it. It's what it would take for Maguire's money to be worth it. Yeah. But looking back, it's like we Maguire seems like it's like only 80 mil. That's not even that much. But at the time, it was like a crazy. No, I think it's a. I mean, fee, not, looking but, back on it, it's like. Uh, and sometimes I feel like we, it, there's an like the English tax. We talk about the English player tax, but some. Sometimes I feel like it flips to where a now like a young player coming out of like the Portuguese league or the Brazilian league. If there's someone that's doing really well, those guys it's, go for primo yeah. buku bucks. It's just that what's so aggravating what's about it bucks? is like <laughs> a lot of money. I heard someone say that some somewhere one time and now I just say it. I've heard that before. What's so aggravating is like I don't think the market is necessarily broken because players come in at decent w- prices, decent transfers. But it's just like Chelsea are being so greedy where if they just wait until the summer. They would pay 65, 70 mil, a very reasonable wage, but they need him so desperately that they're just willing to throw any money at the problem. They could have thrown probably 135 mil at Dortmund, and Dortmund would consider yeah. releasing Jude. Like, and they have, Chelsea have CDMs too, and maybe not in the fountain of youth, but like Jorginho's there, Kovacic is still there. Like they have plenty of Conte's guys there. Conte's they can't there. live through There's the end Zacharia of the season. Still, with, like, what are they going to do with him? Yeah, what the fuck are they going to do with this guy? Let him rot? I really, I really hope with how much he's buying, he learns how to sell um not to like drag this out too long but to give background on the the situation itself um according to Fabrizio Romano the player has stated to head coach Roger Schmidt that he would like to leave and um the deal could be finalized over the next 24 to 48 hours on top of that there's a kind of a transfer battle between another player for Chelsea the transfer battle between Chelsea and Arsenal for Mikolo Mudrik who is playing plays for Shakhtar Donetsk in the Ukrainian league and the whole idea behind Chelsea's involvement is that if Arsenal fail to meet the demands yeah. that the club is asking for, they'll swoop in. Ole will bring his wall to the Yeah, table. so it's just going to poach him. Then Mudrick seems to pretty much be in an Arsenal kit already. He watches yeah. every Arsenal game, puts on his Instagram that he's watching the Arsenal game, and says, <laughs> go Arsenal, I love you, Arsenal. Tweets about them all the time. There's nothing wrong with this, but... Still, I mean, for for I'd be after annoyed all if that, I was his teammate, but a little bit yeah. annoying. Maybe a little bit annoying. I guess that's Happy a good for point, him, but, but annoyed. Yeah. After all of that, it. to not get this done, it's gonna. It would look. I think Arsenal's gonna get this done. I don't. I don't think Chelsea will actually complete this. They just like to again attach their names to these things to think. Oh, well, they couldn't afford you, but you know what? <laughs> we can. Yeah, I mean, it's half call. It's half price of Enzo. So. Plus, Mudrik would not. It doesn't even start. Won't start for Arsenal. There's nowhere in that midfield. I think he fits in right now, unless they they oh, really jeopardize the their. Wing. On the maybe maybe on the wing, but they would, like they would have to. Martinelli and Saka, but they're maybe their two best players this season. They so would have to move Martinelli up. They would have to. 
if yeah. they wanted to start him. But again, but, I, I agree that Martinelli should start, obviously, right now. It, maybe they're they're paying for backups. Maybe that's what a lot of teams are doing this January I mean, is paying for... And he's young. I mean, the whole team is freaking young, but like he's a young depth. player. They, want, they need depth. This is yeah, a time where Arsenal need depth because they're in a title um, winning... Con- Place and they're contending for the league, so they need depth. I mean, and it's it, crazy I, for depth. You have to pay sixty mil. I don't. I mean, he's going to be a fiend. What I think will be a phenom. Like you talk about talent, he's got the upside too. You rate him? Oh yeah, we were just watching Rodrick? highlight. You watched his highlights. It was insane. He's fucking unreal. Yeah. When I got here, he crazy. put on Emerson highlights, so I didn't find that very funny. <laughs> but he is. He isn't unreal. Those were good. He by has the way. unreal pace. Crazy yeah. pace. Unreal pace. His, the, his touch, the ball is yeah. like on him like a string. It's just he's hard just, to tell because Arsenal fans and I, I respect when you want a player, but they blow so much smoke up players at. Like as soon as a player gets linked, they're like, "Oh, that's that fucking world beater from <laughs> yeah. Ukraine, from Benfica, or not, uh, yeah, yeah, some from the, some from like the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's, he's all right. Um, so we'll see. Already talked about Pedro Poro and just fucking makes me depressed. So we'll move on. Bajashil was that what I already yeah. forgot we looked up the pronunciation of yeah, them, but yeah. I think uh, Benoit Bajashil yeah so on top of Enzo Chelsea have signed three players one of which is Benoit Bajashil uh, he's center then, center back which let yeah. me just be flat with everyone I had no idea who that was before I walked into this door tonight I didn't it's hard to keep track of all the signings they make yeah, this mean, it won't yeah. be a good one but that's just like to me like oh Chelsea's signing players I haven't even heard of <laughs> he's a Monaco center back that has a really good friend I knew the Monaco. player because he's been he he was in their qualifier for Francis when everyone was fucking injured like, uh, like yeah, right. he was he was called up to oh, the squad so he yeah. was with them so I knew the name but I didn't know that he was on Chelsea's radar at all so and it's just like, like a, it's so just random. They act like players. they play with like thirty guys on the field. Like you get three CDMs, and then you get like four <laughs> of each position. Like does this mean he's going, he's going to like clean like, house? You like I hope, you right? Hope I hope <laughs> yeah. I hope that if if they're going to bring in this many guys, there needs to be some huge amount of turnover. But there's literally no way to Where do the, the hell of, are Chelsea going to put a center back? They just bought Cool Bali and Fafana. Yeah, and from, Fafana hasn't sniffed the pitch. I mean, he's hurt, right? He's hurt. He hurt his knee. Yeah. But so keep going. Let's like yeah, there's they, all they signed Andre Santos, an 18 year old Brazilian. Don't even know what position he plays. He's gonna be a he's, Chelsea he's, Loney. He's a he's a center midfielder that plays for coming Vasco. to a championship team near Va- you soon. Plays for Vasco da Gama. Okay, and then we have Fafana. What was his name? David Fafana. David Fafana. Striker from I don't know how to say this club. Mold. It's I. It's on paper. It's mold. that's in Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Molde? That's where Ole coached. Damn, we should know oh, this. Yeah, Holland played right. for Mold. Holland, Holland, Holland played for Mold. Yeah. So he's a striker, not not the Norwegian. I don't know. I guess they're building but for youth, but I'm. Norwegian. I, they Obamier? must be forgetting about the they, whole like you can't have, loan out a million players anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you also I don't know can't what have do. this many. Like, don't you need some English players? Yeah. Like the non EU thing. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain amount of English. That's a that's a big thing at. Also, just side to uh, Real Madrid, like getting like Spanish, Spanish passports. If you yeah. don't have a Spanish passport, we can't bring anyone. Well, there's yeah. like I don't know if it's a there's a domestic player. You can apply. Rule, you can but like, then there might also be a foreign player tax. So if you exceed, I don't know how it works. This is all just me fucking. But so yeah, so Chelsea have made an absurd amount of signings, and I think it could be for an overhaul. It could not be, but I think it's just Todd Bowley shelling money out, and uh, Grand Potter probably completely out of the loop. But that's like true. Like, what do like what do squads like Wolves do? Like, their whole starting lineup is there's one know. English there's one English guy. It's like what's well, there's Max Killian. Kilman. And it's Kilman, and he's uh, English. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's English. Maybe they lifted that. I could be totally It's not lifted. There's definitely a certain rule Ayat Nuri, he's obviously English. Who? Um, Ayat Nuri. (laughs) About as English as they come. Maximilian Wuber. You told me to write this down, Connor, so I hope you're the Wuber expert over there. Leeds defenseman now. (laughs) Came from Salzburg. Oh. So. Well, import. Leeds are really uh, using that Jesse March connection. Yeah. I thought he was a striker. Pretty sure he's a defender. I might have read that wrong. Mm. I think they were looking at it, uh, another striker, but I want to say Leeds yes, have been a, he's a center back. Center back. Leeds have been pretty quiet. I feel like in transfers. I hope they got a few more guys coming in because that's a club I'd really like to see stay up. But backup is striker. backup is needed. Yeah, hey, Patrick Manford's injured. So, dude, what's his deal? <sighs> I don't know. Wasn't he playing this season? For it was a little bit. Yeah, he wasn't doing much. He was probably still working off an injury, and then he got injured again. But anyways, Leeds. I mean, they guy looks like a Uber. <laughs> That's about as Woober as I've ever seen anyone. I'll clip that. He looks like a really <laughs> nice guy. Yeah, it looks Save like that video. Send a picture. Send it. Everyone smile. loves a Woober. <laughs> That's great. You never get bullied by a Woober. <laughs> They're always like, hey. And you're like, hey, what's up, Woober? <laughs> hey. But yeah, that's the uh, transfer scene. I mean, from a United perspective, Ten Hag wants a striker. There's potentially Jal Felix. Don't know if he's... <sighs> An option, that'd be, that'd be so cool. Be crazy. So, I don't even know if he would work out. He could score like that would zero, be cool though. He could score like zero goals in like five seasons, but yeah. he'd be so cool in the kit. Yeah, he'd be really, <laughs> yeah. Really good with the oh, collar. Oh, dude, that kit would sell so much. He'd wear the number seven, and then I saw like some this United page I follow. They do a little shithousery, but it was like Vlahovic with like going like this with the Juve kit and his number seven, and then he just they just put it up with no caption. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Oh my god. <laughs> It's great. It was great. I thought it was hilarious. But, I mean. That's the rumor mill. That's the rumor mill. That's the Nunez, hopefully. Liverpool are still a hot. That's on, true. On but Wolves seem to be convinced that he's a wolf. They you know what? They yeah. It'll happen in the summer if it happens. It's not going to happen in January. But Wolves cannot keep that player. If they you know what up. a normal club does when they want a player? They get them. Not yeah. watch another club buy them and then say, oh, yeah, we want them. They got well, Jota. We bought. We'll buy some players. We'll <laughs> save we got to save our think, I don't think many oh, people. As will. you would say, Real Madrid doesn't buy any right, players. We don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't. It's, it's, yeah, you just pay them astronomical <laughs> wages. We don't pay, we don't pay them. But Yeah, to spare your ears, thank you for joining us and see you all very soon. Thank you for joining the Howlers Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. Don't forget to check out our link tree and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. See you all soon. Bye-bye.